1: Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, our guest is Jerry Truman with RBC Wealth Management. Uh, Jerry has over 25 years of experience in uh, financial advising. Uh, welcome, Jerry. Appreciate you joining us today.
0: Yeah, Gary. Thank uh, thank you and Small Business Advisors for uh, taking the time to do this. Sure.
1: So tell us some about yourself. How did you uh, get into uh, financial planning and get into uh, you know the career you're in now. Uh,
0: you know it's uh, kind of always been in my blood, I guess you could say, from uh, back to I think in eighth grade I won some sort of stock contest at uh, St. Joseph's there in Beltsville, Maryland, and uh, always just had a love and interest in how the stock market worked, and uh, always liked being around people. And um, I think uh, I started working for a bank at while well, I was going to the University of Maryland at Citizens Bank, then, which is now. Through a bunch of uh, mergers, Truist Bank, and uh, just kind of led me into a path of being able to work on the investment side and work with individuals and businesses and helping them navigate their their investment world, as well as uh, um, you know helping them manage their um, their their portfolios. So, uh,
1: over the time of you know you starting out into you know first banking, and then and then, you know uh, going to Maryland, and then moving into the financial planning. What's some of the best advice that that you've been given uh, during this time?
0: Well, you know, you know, some mentors. I think in any profession that you're in, you know, having mentors along the way, and uh, some of those mentors are my parents. So my dad used to always say, and he still does. Uh, you know, God gave you two ears and one one mouth for one reason. Listen twice as much as you talk, and uh, and I've kind of taken that to 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 to, to, to root, you know. Um, I think that's that's an important feature, not just in business, but in life um, and, and being able to, to listen to people and really try to understand and ask poignant questions to really make uh, to dig deep about what what's important to their life about them and what's important about their money and how they want it to work for them. So,
1: you know, obviously you've been doing this for a number of years. So what is it that you know now that you wish you knew when you first got into into the business?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I I would say unequivocally uh, I have been, um, until probably the last five to 10 years, a slow adopter of technology. And I think that's, um, you know, I think people become creatures of habits when they're doing things. And I think it's important as a, as a business owner, or you're running a business or just in your personal life is being open-minded and adapting to new technologies and new advancement. And, uh, and as, as much as sometimes I hate to admit it, sometimes my seventeen year old is the one giving me <laughs> some 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 t- some tips about life, and uh, and and a lot of times it's coming from, uh, you know, how social media works or how new technology works, and I and I think it's just uh, I, I wish I would have been an early adopter to to certain technologies sooner, um, but uh, I definitely embrace those now, and uh, and our team uh, at Chairman Wealth Management with Nicole and Steve, we've done that too, so um, it's been. Uh, it's been nice to, to have your eyes opened, I guess you could say.
1: So what are some of the questions that, um, that the clients or, or potential clients that you meet with really should be asking you that they're not asking you?
0: Well, I think the main thing, and I, I think this probably goes along with, with your business and any business owner, if you're going to do business with somebody and they're, you're going to be in a trusted position, whether it's a trusted CPA, an attorney an estate planner, a financial advisor, whatever that trusted position is, you should know what their plan is for their business. So I think too few people forget that, you know, if you're with a financial advisor who's thinking that he's going to retire in five years, probably not much help for you. Right. I mean, the idea is, is that um, the, uh, the individual should be interviewing me as much as I'm interviewing the client or the business. And, uh, and I think having, having an open line of communication about what the strategy is, Uh, for, for your business and how you run your business um, is important. And I think um, clients, I think a lot of times or prospects um, uh, try to understand the expectations after you've met with your financial advisor, you know, is it meeting once every two years? Is it meeting every quarter? You know, what is the expectation and, um, and, and are they going to follow through with it? So, you know, we, with Nicole and Steve and I, we have a plan that, that we stay in touch with our clients you know, as, as often as they want and sometimes more. So, um, and that's on a case by case basis. We don't, it's not one size fits all. So I think that's important for, for individuals and businesses to, to understand. So,
1: you know, you talk about, you know, kind of setting the client expectation and things like that. Um, when someone uh, chooses a financial advisor and, and doing business with them, how often do you think that, that they need to meet? I mean, you know, I talked to, you um, state attorneys and stuff like that and lots of times they say hey we need to meet you know when there's life changes and so forth and then okay maybe it's every you know once every five years I mean uh, how is that with, with the financial planning side I mean how often um, you know do you, do you think that the, the client should be meeting
0: you know it's a it's a contact sport is basically the way I look at it I mean the more contact you have with your client the better service that you're going to give them in whatever the scenarios so I always think more is better. And 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 I think our clients have have gravitated towards that also. And look, everybody's in a different situation, so it's really custom fit to that client and that perspective. I don't think it's uh, you know, at minimum you should be talking to them once a year or her. um, But you know, whether it's you know uh, conference calls, emails, um, events, whatever the scenario might be, or whatever's out there, what we try to do is give our clients not just the opportunity to set a time to go over and review their portfolio. like we did a month ago we did an election call and you know what the um you know whatever the outcome of the election was how does that affect your portfolio so it's little things like that that maybe 20 or so people participate in that call so there's little things that along the way that will will help people spark ideas because i think as you know as a as a cpa and working with businesses and individuals as accountants the biggest hurdle i think for a lot of people to do is to be in that moment when they're talking to you. Their brains are scattered. They're all over the place. They got their kids, they got their business, they got a, a pandemic, right? You've got all these things going on. And if you really don't take that time to listen to people and ask questions and really dig into their situation, you're really not going to find out what they really need or want. And, and that at the end of the day, you know, it's um, that's the that's what drives the plan is the individual. And the more they're willing to share and the more po- poignant questions that you and I are asking our clients the better job we can do for them.
1: I mean, I like the idea that that you know what you're saying is it's more. I'm going to say customized to the client. It's not cookie cutter. You're not you know just throwing everybody in the same thing and okay next. Um, you know I I I find that that so many times you know that really happens and then the uh, I don't want to say that they lose their identity, but they become a number then and it's not a relationship. So. What are some of the biggest fears that um, or concerns that your clients have, and how do you try to address those?
0: Well, I think if you'd asked me in January, it would have been outliving your money, but now we're worried about a virus. So that, um, but and that's not a joke. I mean, that that's the reality of of being in an advice scenario, whether you're small business advisors in Gary Helt or whether you're Jerry Truman with Truman Wealth Management. The idea is it's a river and it's constantly moving. So the basis of that is, is if you have a plan, the most important thing is having that plan to start because then you can adjust. I mean, we all know our life's changed. There's no, you know, um, you know, your life is going to change. You're going to have children. You're going to have grandchildren. You're going to move. You're going to change jobs. You're going to retire. Those things happen in your life. But if you, uh, I think it's Stephen Covey, you know, begin with the end in mind. Failing to plan is planning to fail. You know, so we want to make sure that we have um, a plan that's in place. And I always say it's kind of like a, a blueprint on a whiteboard, right? We have the plan, it's situated, but we can always adjust it. And and what we found that our clients were dealing with during this, you know, this crazy time that we've been dealing with over the last year is the ones that already had plans, we were able to work through that and make good, solid recommendations based on where their plans are. And obviously, no plans change. I mean, a lot of people are losing their jobs right now. And um, that's something that um, it's not to be run away from, it's to be addressed and and how we handle it and how we plan for it. Um, you know, God forbid that were to happen to, to some of our clients.
1: So, I mean, you work with a, a wide variety of, uh, of clients, different backgrounds, different wells, um, and so forth. What are some of the issues that um, that you have found to be very important that you've learned from in dealing with these clients.
0: I think when you're when you're in a situation when you're dealing with clients, I think again, kind of going back to what I said before about having two ears and one mouth. I mean, really listening is an art. I think a lot of people in our situations, whether it's a CPA or financial advisor, you know, we have a lot of information, and sometimes we want to, you know, we, you know, we want to <laughs> talk, right? And really the the person that should be talking in these scenarios is our clients and we should be listening to them. So I really think that, you know, honing your listening skills and making sure that, that, uh, that we're hearing everything our clients are saying and asking follow-up questions and staying in that moment is, you know, it's as vital and as important as managing the, the assets and, and, and because you get to that management and you choose those investments based on where somebody is. And, um, And, you know, people ask about risk a lot. You know, how much risk should I take or not take? I mean, we can all make projections about what risk is, but we really don't know risk until, you know, 50% of our business is shut down and our portfolio is down 30%. That's when you really find out where your risk is. But if you planned accordingly, right, that you have a year's reserves or whatever that plan would be for that particular individual, it allows them to take a step back and really, take a look at the picture, even though they're in the middle of a heap of stuff going on at the moment. And I think what we try to do is make sure that we have that plan in place. So when these kind of situations arise, that we're able to give real specific advice and not panicked advice, right? I think that's, you know, in good times and bad times, people make panic decisions. And those typically aren't aren't the aren't the best way to, to make the decision. It, it may be the right decision to make the panic decision, but you want it to be based on factual situations and cooler thinking.
1: So uh, can you s- share with us any um, specific practices that you utilize that are big money savers for the high net worth clients?
0: Well, I think you know, the most important part about what we do is it's not, you know we're, we're just one arm of, you know, of a stool. It's important that we work with the, the accountant, the estate planning attorney. When we build these financial plans, it's great that it's a, you know in a nice binder, it's in a piece of paper, and it's got information. But if we're not implementing that and we're not taking the time to walk our clients through and having conversations with their CPAs and having conversations with their estate attorneys, having conversations with their real estate agents, if we're not providing those pieces to the puzzle, I feel like we're cutting our clients short. And I think that's a real important factor in whatever you're making any decisions that you, you, you give an access line to the accountant, because what we don't want to be doing here is creating a lot of capital gains for somebody in any particular tax year. Meanwhile, you know, they had some, you know, they, they were in the process of selling their business. So it kind of comes back to listening and talking to your clients. You don't want to be blindsided, just like the CPA doesn't want to be blindsided. The advisor doesn't want to be blindsided. So the way you could do that is being proactive about it. Because the clients are just dealing with what's happening in front of them at the moment. Right. Your job is to make sure that they're seeing the big picture and that we're making sure we're giving them the best advice possible in that scenario.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, you say it and you know that uh, that we uh, work together as, you know, a team approach and kind of holistic um, to make sure that that everybody is kind of made aware of what's going on so things aren't being done in a vacuum. Um, and I, right. I find that that's, that that's uh, something that's really important. Um, Are there any special strategies uh, that you use to help provide the best results for your clients with their short-term and long-term planning?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I'm going to go back to the plan. It starts with the plan and then the strategies that we'll utilize. You know, we mentioned that, you know, people's big concern is outliving income. So within their portfolio, they may have some investments that guarantee income or, you know, protect some principal and give them upside in conjunction with their individual equities that might be in their portfolio. So for each individual, we approach it that way. It's each individual's risk tolerance about how much money they wanna keep in cash, how much money they want, quote unquote, in the market, right? and where that balance is. And it's not the same for everybody and it changes. So again, kind of going back, I hate to keep coming back to it, but it's important. It's a context sport. You need to be talking to your clients not just when the market goes haywire like it is. You should be talking to them all the time because really you don't know when their situation's changing and God forbid they have a, um, a catastrophic situation. They're probably not thinking the first thing to do is call you. So right. sometimes you've got to, you know, you've got to be the one that's, that's being proactive about it and, and they've got to trust you. They've got to treat you, you've got to create a, a situation where you're their trusted advisor that they can feel comfortable coming to you in any situation and, and talking to you about, uh, you know, how to, how to work through whatever, scenario is good or bad. So what are the,
1: some of the common mistakes that you're seeing clients or potential clients make uh, when
0: it comes to their wealth management? Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people like to do things on their own and and, and more power to you. I mean, that, that's there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're spending, you know, you only have so much time in the day, right? And if you're spending, you know, 50 hours a week at work and you've got two kids and you're spending time at home, and you're managing your stock portfolio, and boy, if you know you hung in there in technology over the last year, you've done pretty well. Um, you know, you could pick a slew of stocks and, and and have had really strong performance. But really, what it comes down to is you can make decisions to buy things, but how do you know when to sell them? And I think that's the thing that people forget about a lot when they're making investments. And and I use the example of GE. What a wonderful company! I mean, you know, from being in this business 25 years, it created a lot of wealth for a lot of individuals. And businesses that were with GE, and GE was the the the, the mother ship. I mean, they were the cat's meow, and their stock's at seven dollars a share right now. And I know of people that have had the stock, you know, that weren't clients, but you know, well, it still pays the dividend. I'm getting the dividend. I was like, oh, but your value just got cut by eighty percent, right? So, you know, and you know, during the dot com bust, we have you know countless examples of those. But I think GE is the real one because that's a company that nobody ever thought could be at $7 a share. So the reality is no matter how great you think your company is or how great you think you're of a stock picker, it can make the fool of all of us. So the important part is to have somebody else giving you guidance to to just say, hey, you know what? Maybe you want to reduce some of your exposure there. I'm not telling you to sell all of your GE. I know you've worked there for 25 years. You love it. It's your, you know, you're tied to that company. But I do believe that diversification is important. And GE is the prime example. If it can happen to GE, it can happen to any stock that's out right. there.
1: So, I mean, that's, that's, that is uh, definitely a, a great example of why it's important to use a professional like you to help with this. Uh, give us another example of, of why it's important to have a professional like you helping.
0: Um, I think uh, you know a lot of examples are coming up these days. I don't have to tell you and I'm sure your listeners know <laughs> That people are buying and selling real estate. I mean, a lot of that is going on right now. And if you're out there on your own doing it without really having to do that, we can create strategies where you can get, you know, borrow money against your investments to be able to help facilitate that and, and make that process work a little better for you. So I just think it's always good to have somebody in your corner. And, and I know, you know, Gary, when we've met with um, prospects and clients, I mean, the main thing is you don't have to do the business with Gary, you don't have to do the business with Jerry. The idea is, is that you just need to open your mind to doing it with somebody that you trust and can work with. Right. And I think it, the one thing I would say to anybody is at least at least run down the path of, of uh, kind of like me with the technology <laughs> and my 17 year old, right? At least give somebody the idea to open your mind to it because you'll be surprised that, you know, you're running your business. There's a lot of things that you might miss and, and you're missed out on opportunities, whether it's a tax savings, whether it's an investment idea, um, you know, kind of all those pieces to the puzzle.
1: What is one of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now?
0: I, I would say uh, it, about two years ago, organization, uh, you know, um, but that's changed. I think, or, you know, trying to stay organized in a chaotic environment and staying focused on what you're doing, it, it takes a lot of energy and focus to do that. So you really, just as our clients need to step back and we need to help our clients step back, you and I as business owners need to step back and realize that we're in this mix too. So sometimes we need to get advice from people. And just because I know investments doesn't mean I shouldn't be talking or leaning on somebody like you or another financial advisor to give me that advice. You know, I I think the one thing uh, I think Warren Buffett says, is don't be the smartest guy in the room, (laughs) you know, always try to surround yourself with people that can bring value to, to your family, to your life, to your business, you know, and and I think um, that's, that's an important piece.
1: So what is, your, what is your ideal, what does Jerry Truman's ideal client look like?
0: You know, I mean, if we're talking straight numbers and dollars and cents, we like clients, individuals, business owners with, with half a million dollars or more. I mean, that's, that's a sweet spot, I would say, for a lot of financial advisors. But I'll be, I'll be straight out honest with you. You know, my first client that I dealt with in 1996 at 50 grand. And um, just, I guess, the way I grew up, my caring nature, whatever you want to call it, we're gonna help people when we can. And if I can't help them, I'll find somebody that can. I just believe that everybody has, should have this opportunity to be able to work with somebody. And there's different peoples at different levels that will. So yes, there are you know dollar amounts that make sense from a business standpoint, and we all have to run our business, but it doesn't mean that we're not there to help somebody. I think a very good example of that is, we help a lot of our kids. I just got off the phone before we did this call with uh, you know, a 22 year old um, son of one of our clients. And you know, and he's got a little bit of money to invest, so it's it's taking that time and realizing that it's not just money that's driving this 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 avenue. It's people, and if you can take the time to spend it with people, then it's that's what's rewarding to me. I mean, like you asked me why I got into this business. Yes, I do love stocks. It interests me. It's something that um, I love being educated. I learn every day on it. I mean, there's no there's no shortage of of a uh, flowing river that's always changing. But really, the reality of what we see is, is, is the people that we're dealing with. And I, I, love, I, I, I love dealing with people and, 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 uh, and especially good people.
1: What, so, if somebody were to, uh, they want to get with you um, or, or anytime you're getting ready to meet with a new client type thing, what is it that the client should have to be prepared for the meeting?
0: I think, you know, Nicole and Steve are, are, are my teammates here at Truman Wealth Management. And Nicole runs our wealth plan for us. And she's got a great, like, you know, seven questions. Um, Statements are the key because that tells us a lot of the picture. But it's just an interview process. We typically start with a phone call. We understand where you are and what you try to get a a good picture of what your goals and objectives are. And then we build from there. And then it's, you know, paper trail, your assets, your liabilities, uh, insurance, those kind of things that will help the plan, the wealth plan that we'll build for you. And, and it adjusts, right? We may miss something. I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this and the client's like, oh yeah, I forgot about my $200,000 401k from five years ago. Right. And so it sometimes, I know it's crazy to think that people would forget about $200,000, but look, we all live our life. We're all taking, you know, in a fast pace, right? We're taking care of our family. We're doing our business. We're taking care of our kids. We're going to soccer games or football games or whatever it might be. And and people lose track of that. So consolidating it, um, you know, historically, people would say, oh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Agreed. Don't put all your stock in GE. Right. Don't put it all in one company. That right. creates a lot of risk for you. But you can have it at one institution as long as it's diversified and, and the risk is spread out based on the based on the plan that you create and the objectives that are being met from the plan.
1: So if our um, listeners like what they're hearing, they want to talk with with Jerry Truman and see if there's a fit with you and them, how, how can they reach out to it?
0: Um, very simple. I mean, I would say start with an email. I think you've seen me kind of move my finger a couple of times. I'm on my iPhone right now and we probably had four calls because most of my clients have my cell phone. So, uh, you know, we're, we're always accessible to our clients. I think that's an important um, feature. Once you become a client, you are, you know we're available to you. We're not, we're not hiding, especially you know, in March of this year, we were definitely not hiding. we were putting in more time than ever, which is important. But I would say Jerry.Truman, that's with a J, J-E-R-R-Y dot T-R-U-M-A-N at R-B-C dot com. Jerry.Truman at R-B-C dot com. Drop me an email. I'm happy to respond. Let us know that you saw us on the podcast and, uh, you know, and, and we'll, we'll go from there.
1: So, uh, Jerry, I really appreciate your time Uh, today. Our guest has been Jerry Truman with RBC Management. Thank you, and I look forward to talking to you in the future.
0: Yep. Thank you, Gary. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.